Welcome to NBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Eve Tro. If you're thinking about getting your MBA, you'll want to study under the best professors in the field, the ones who show up on the news and in the papers again and again for their expertise. Studying under these star professors can reflect strongly on your resume when you're ready to hit the working world, and some of the most interesting professors will leave lasting impressions on your life outside the workplace as well. On this edition of MBA Podcaster, we dig deeper into how professors and teaching styles affect MBA education and how getting to know the faculty can help you find a school that's a good fit. Our experts have told us that for many MBA applicants, doing research into a school's professors is not a priority. On this show, they tell you why you should bump it up on your to-do list and increase your chances of getting into the school that's right for you. The majority of applicants probably don't pay hardly any attention to professors and their research. That's Trina Kelly, Assistant Dean of MBA Programs at the University of Arizona's Eller College of Management. She says most prospective students don't look beyond the numbers when considering schools. Probably 15 years ago when I was applying to business school, I was guilty of that as well. You get caught up in what are the top 10 schools. You, you, never, you, you never think to ask about the professors. I guess that's sort of implied that if a school is really good, they'll have good faculty. Callie says while it's true that any accredited MBA program will have qualified faculty, it is worthwhile to research how professors perform in the classroom. Most schools have student evaluations and faculty biographies available online, but Callie says you can learn even more if you contact the school's admissions office. And ask them, would you mind recommending some faculty that I might speak to? My experience has, has been that if people outside the university just sort of cold email professors or cold call them, they're not necessarily going to be inclined to return the call. But if they work through the admissions offices, and we can refer them to someone. We have, you know, most schools have a number of professors that are really willing to talk to them about career opportunities, course material, um, the fit of the school, and a number of different areas. And what should students be looking for in a professor? It's a combination of things. Some of our very, very best professors are those that really have a depth of expertise in both research, have a passion for teaching, and also spend some, you know, small amount of time at least consulting for corporations so that they're applying their research and bringing back best practice into their teaching. Those all really feed off each other. It's sort of a triad of research, teaching, and consulting. As more MBA programs continue to start up and expand around the U.S. and the world, Trina Kelly says the need for more qualified business professors has gone way up. The number of business scholars with PhDs can't keep up with the demand. The shortage means that MBA faculty may have different backgrounds than in the past. Callie's own Ph.D. research focused on trends in MBA professors. One trend is to bring corporate executives out of retirement for a new life in teaching. At the Eller College of Management, Bob Unterberger is a great example of a former executive turned professor. He retired to Tucson from uh, both IBM and Eastman Kodak, and I think he's kind of got a, a, a no BS kind of a mentality. Students throw out ideas, and, and if he disagrees or not, he has a really strong opinion. It teaches them to be able to think well on their feet, defend their positions. Another trend that's shown up at Eller is luring professors away from other disciplines. A gentleman named Russell Crapanzano, and he's actually trained in psychology, industrial and organizational psychology. Uh, one of the most published researchers in, in some of the fields that business schools look at, he does 
negotiations and conflict. And, um, and so some of our scholars here knew him very well. And he's been here at the business school now for four or five years and really is an excellent teacher. Callie says one of the best reasons to look into MBA faculty is to learn what distinguishes one program from another. If you look at the, most of the top MBA programs, we teach, we teach the same material. We're all going to teach you financial accounting, but how much do you learn and how much do you love it is, is you know, related to how good the professor is and the passion that they bring to the classroom. Our next take on MBA teaching comes from the University of Toronto. The Rotman School of Management has changed dramatically since Dean Roger Martin took the helm about 10 years ago. He left a lucrative corporate career to remake business education at Rotman. His recent book, The Opposable Mind, lays out innovative ways that successful businesses solve problems. Martin was driven to leave the business world for teaching by what he saw as a lack of skills for integrative problem-solving among MBA graduates, even from top students at the top MBA programs. What I was disappointed in is they did not teach them how to solve big, complicated problems. They taught them how to use techniques to analyze problems in single domains. And so my perspective was the real problems that are really most valuable to solve uh, are not being addressed by business education. And that's what I set out to, uh, uh, to reform. That reform has involved researching new courses on how to conceptualize business problems and hiring a core group of faculty to teach them. Part of it is to, is to figure out how it is that people who are really successful at solving those problems actually think about those problems. So one was to do the research to figure out how they think about it, and two is to then start teaching the MBA students how to think that way. One of the hallmarks of Martin's approach to business is that there's no need to choose between old ideas and new, but rather to integrate the best parts of every idea on the table. This applies to teaching, too. It's not entirely out with the old, in with the new at Rotman. And there are some programs out there who are saying, who, who are now sort of saying, oh, you know, it's, uh, you don't need to teach all those those." Uh, of basic courses, and, and uh, you know, I may be the most aggressive in saying we got to reform uh, uh, business education. I, I disagree with that that notion. I think all of those tools and techniques are important. It's just the way you use them. And this combination is attracting a new kind of student as well. Fifty percent of students now come to the Rotman School saying, "I came specifically for integrative thinking," and so I think we're getting a different kind of student. More folks who are quite reflective about the kind of wicked, difficult problems that, that businesses get faced with, and they want to be good at solving those. And how often can you actually expect to see this star professor around the school? Plenty. While he's not required to teach at all as a dean, Roger Martin taught seven classes last semester. Next, we take a look at sophisticated teaching strategies in down-home Bloomington, Indiana. The Kelly School at Indiana University is consistently ranked as having one of the top MBA faculties in the U.S. Dr. Idi Kessner is one of the school's prized professors. She does consulting in the U.S. and around the world in strategic management and also helps companies set up their corporate boards. She says these experiences feed directly into her teaching style. Very interactive, I guess, is the best way to describe it. We read a case for each class session, and then we have a rigorous debate on that case. And students are asked to come and prepare 
their defense of a particular position as to what the main character in the case should do in response to a dilemma he or she might face. I do cold call students. They get acclimated to that very quickly on in the semester, which is terrific because it ensures that everyone has a chance to take part in that active discussion in the classroom. Professors also switch things up in their own classes to give students the maximum benefit of their areas of expertise. We don't have a set teaching routine or schedule. I often say just because it's Tuesday or Thursday, don't expect to see I.D. Kester in the classroom. So, for example, if we're talking about mergers and acquisitions, I'd be there to talk about the strategy of mergers and acquisitions. Our finance professor would probably talk about how to do the deal from a financial perspective. The final factor that Dr. Kessner cites in Kelly's teaching style is the setting of the school. Students may be away from the power centers of commerce, but they're closer to their teachers. We have a very close-knit environment and community. And by that I mean Bloomington is a, it's not a large city. It's a smaller college town. And that's the benefit of having faculty live and work in that college town, just like the students. We're not rushing off to go back to our homes. We're here for them. And I think that breeds a lot of close connections between faculty and students. Heidi Kessner reiterates that a visit to an MBA program before you submit your application is the very best way to get a feel for the school, and that no one professor is reason enough to enroll in a program. At the Columbia Business School in New York, cutting-edge research interplays with classroom experience. Economics professor Ray Fisman has been named a rising star by the Aspen Institute's Business and Society program. He teaches managerial economics and an increasingly popular elective in international development. He covers topics from dating to the art world to gender from an economics perspective. Dr. Fisman's been teaching about 10 years, but he looks young, surprisingly young to some people. I had to fly up to Boston yesterday. The woman behind the the counter asked me if I was old enough to travel alone. I kid you not. (laughs) But Fisman has made enough of a name for himself with highly publicized papers and articles to earn any student's respect. I think it does help that a lot of them have already seen things that I've written and said. Uh, I think they like the fact that the person standing at the front of the classroom has kind of this public face. More than anything, I always tell incoming faculty, like you can't latch on to somebody else's style. I am what I am. I am kind of the geeky young professor. And for whatever reason, I can make that work for me. One of Fisman's favorite things about teaching at the MBA level is the real-world experience of his students. Every time I stand in front of an MBA classroom, uh, especially a lot of the older students, you know, you have 60 uh, collective histories of life and business experience, sometimes in extremely direct ways. So some of the work that I've done on smuggling, my main area of interest is corruption, uh, and I've done some work on smuggling in the past. So I was describing some of this work to my students in the international development class I teach And a guy came up to me afterwards and said, um, yeah, that was really interesting. This is how we used to do it, effectively. Uh, And I ended up collaborating with this student on something uh, that turned into uh, an academic paper that I'm actually very proud of. In addition to his research on development and economics, Dr. Fisman's become infamous for his lecture on the economics of dating. 
So I'll say that I have never, ever taken class time to talk about the economics of dating or um, decision-making in a dating context, but I offer, I always offer the students extra class time to learn about it, and let me tell you, they always choose to do so. While Ray Fisman guarantees the quality of his economics courses at Columbia, he can't guarantee that getting into the MBA program will find you a soulmate. For more information, a transcript of this show, or to register for your weekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. This is MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening. And stay tuned next time when we explore another topic of interest in your quest for an MBA. Yeah.